0: He said, go, ahead don't Just blaze, you son of a gun. Yes people it is Monday which means we get to start the week with another chin chair. And hey there's a lot to talk about because it was a packed weekend Friday well there was Bellator 257 and LFA 104 And then on Saturday we had UFC people You know what I mean it was the clash between Whitaker and Gastelum. So yeah, as I said, a lot to cover. So let's get popping. Well, Bellator 257 starts the weekend, popping on this Friday, and the main event is. I mean, it's only three, four, four fights, but two of those fights are part of the light heavyweight Grand Prix. So everything gets underway with the um, ladies' flyweights doing their thing. It's uh, Vita Artega against Desiree Yanis. Yanis making a promotional debut. And I think what we see in this fight is, I it, it, it's just Ortega being the busier of the two, right? Yanez isn't really throwing a lot, and she definitely looks a step behind when it comes to the stand-up, you know? So, uh I, her stand-up does look pretty rudimentary, to be fair You know, her, her chin is way up in the air She's standing pretty, you know what I mean? Flat on to Ortega She's not, you know, backing off in a way to avoid the shots Just in a straight line, you know, so... Yeah, we're just seeing sharp hands from you know Artega, but then you could also say Artega isn't really doing she's not doing a whole heap to to kind of really put her stamp on the fight. She's throwing the more, the, the the more shots for sure. But that's kind of it. That's kind of it. Now, I take it you know she did hit some takedowns, right? She hit takedown in the first, um, and uh, yeah, she gets another in the second. You know, tries for a rear naked, but like the submissions, they're not, you know, they're not high level. So, I mean, because really she should have been able to put Yannis away at that moment. You know what I mean? But, yeah, not able to do that. Now, Yanis, she hit a takedown in the third, which was big, but not really able to do much from it. So, I'll take a... Yeah, she kind of, you know, easily takes the fight. And she should, really. You know what I mean, for, for a fighter Who challenged for the belt I think it would look a bit bad You know, if she didn't take the fight Unless Yanez was this blazing star And, you know, from what you see She's not Now, she hasn't had a whole heap of fights So there's still plenty of time To make those improvements But, She definitely has to do a lot of work on the stand-up And being 31 You do wonder how much improvements she can make You know I think that's the big thing So our next fight It was the clash between Paul Daly and Saba Hamasi So You know, leading into this fight, Daly had said it would be his last, you know, because of the weight issues. And this, this wasn't even at welterweight. It's a a catch weight fight at 175. Now, I will say Daly did, he did look probably some of the best shape he's been in for a while. You know, so that was huge. Now, first round and Hamas... Oh, he came out blazing, using kicks high and low, you know, to keep Daly at bay. Then he swarms forward, putting Daly down with a big right hand. You know, from there, he just pours it on. Pours it on, right? Just laying shots on the floundering Daly. You know, Daly's—he's he, trying to stand up, but he—he's just put down again, put down again with another big right, and this time Hamasi really, really <laughs> lets rip with the ground and pound. And to be honest, at any point during this period, the referee would have been—you know. In his place to stop the fight, because Daly was taking a lot of shots, a lot of shots, without really doing a lot, but he is able to survive, he is able to survive, and he, you know, he then starts to push forward, which, hey, you've got to give him that, after taking the amount of shots that he did, to then, you know what I mean, try and take the round by the horns, so, um, yeah, he's pushing forward using his jab. Um, Hamas, he's looking a little tired. Looking a little tired, which, hey, he really emptied the gas tank trying to put Daly away. Right, so they clinch up. Daly is landing some good knees in the clinch. Hamas, though, ends the round with a takedown. So, I think you can definitely give that first round to Hamassi. So, second round, Daly's pushing forward, lands a big left, which puts Hamassi down. And Daly, you know, he gets off some solid ground and pound, right? Hamassi is up, but Daly is pushing forward and puts Hamassi down with another left, landing a lot of ground and pound. Now, what I thought was a little bit surprising... Was the fact that the referee stopped it When you consider the leeway and the time the ref gave to Daly Yeah, I was surprised it was stopped so soon Because I wouldn't say Amasi was crazy I wouldn't say he was in worse shape than what Daly was in in that first round but, hey, it's a solid win for Daly. And if this is his last fight, it's nice that he goes out with a win. Now, I think the big thing that you notice with this fight, that you notice with the ladies' flyweight fight before that, the, um, the cage is slippery as fuck, right? Everyone has been really struggling With their balance in there. So, you kind of figure, you know, with the first fight, it could have just been them. Just, you know, a little too much gusto. But with this fight, it's definitely clear that the canvas is a slippery one tonight. Alright, so we then, our first fight of the light heavyweight Grand Prix is um, Corey Anderson against Dolotedazan Yagash Murdov, right? Following that, it's the um, main event, Yazadim Nemkov against Phil Davis, and I've got to say, right, this uh, night was stolen by Corey Anderson, Corey Anderson Really show improved, Right, so he was Pushing forward Pushing forward Like landing shots Now, Yagas He did hit Uppercut early on But he didn't Have the output It's all Anderson Now, Yagas You know, Yagas himadov. He, you can see he's trying to look for the counters, but even then, it's more looking than actually doing, you know what I mean, and it just, it's allowing Anderson just to do work, to do work, now, Anderson, he's shooting for the takedown, which, yeah, I guess, Hadidov is able to stuff, but, Anderson is able to then get the fight on the fence, do a lot of Dirty boxing, clinch work, some great knees to the midsection. Great knees to the midsection. So it's all Anderson. At the end of the round, um, Yagaz Himadov, he does land a spinning heel hook, right? Which, um, a heel kick even, spinning heel hook, what? But um, it doesn't fully connect. So it does land and stumble Anderson, but it's not flush, which was probably a good thing for him. So we're in the second round, and um, yeah, Yagas Himadov, he's, you know, throws a few leg kicks, but again, it's Anderson who is pushing forward, who's really setting the tone of the fight, right? He um shoots for another takedown it's stuffed, but again gets it to the fence he doing his dirty boxing, landing those knees, and as the fight goes on, he's able to finally hit that takedown, able to hit the fate down quickly into mount, and oh my God, he is dropping some nasty elbows, real nasty elbows. Great work, right? And you did think, oh, it was so close to being stopped. So we go into the third round. Anderson now, he's come out hot and he gets the takedown real early, right? Real early and he's just pouring on the ground and pound and the ref stops it. Huge, huge win for Anderson. So we go to the main event. Right, so it is the current champion, Vadim Nemkov against Phil Davis. Second time they fought. And um one odd thing, right, that was said during the fight, if you like, Oh, is Nemkov gonna be able to be the second um the second time champ? And it's just like wait the only second time champ, and I'm like, wait, that makes no sense, There's Liam McGrady, he retained the belt on several occasions, right, so it's a bit like, what are you talking about, the commentary is very odd, it is very odd, and gotta say, it's irritating, it's irritating, but this, it's not a bad fight, Right, Nemkov is pushing forward He's landing good shots Hitting the jab Doing a lot of work behind the jab Davis, he lands a few counters But, yeah, he's not doing a lot Not doing a lot So he allows Nemkov to just take the round Second round Continues in the same vein Continues in the same vein right davis he pushes for a takedown towards the end but yeah can't get it and nemkov just then continues to pour on the pressure hitting that jab right third round pretty much the same pretty much the same right um nemkov does land a takedown this round you know, doesn't hold it for long, but he, you know, gets it, so you're thinking after this round, you know, Davis needs a finish, he needs a finish to win, right, but he's not doing enough to do that, he's throwing a few shots, but that's it, that's it, it's it's odd, right, because you, you assume that Davis Noses down. You'd assume that. But he's just continuing how he was. And Nemkov. He's able just to continue doing his good work. Now. Davis lands a couple of big shots. But. I don't feel that's enough to take the round. You know. Because it's two shots. When Nemkov has been landing. A series of big shots. So, fifth round, Davis, he's landing a few more, but still not doing enough, not doing enough, right, you need to finish, he's pushing for a takedown, and you're just like, yo, you you haven't shown enough, right, you haven't shown enough to think that you could get a sub, now, he stuffs a takedown attempt from Nemkov, and he goes for an Anaconda, but They're they're all very slippery at this stage And he's not able to grab it Nemkov attempts to take his back But Davis is able to get up But Nemkov, he finishes strong He's landing that jab Landing his right He wins the round Wins the round And wins the fight Retaining his belt And um yeah, that's it people. End of another Bellator event and hey, it's the last. It's the last event for a few weeks. Because it seems the next um the next time we get Bellator is on the 7th of May, which is a bit of a yeah, bit of a shame, right? Bit of a shame, you'd think they'd want to continue with the momentum, especially because, yeah, it's April, right? April, and I'm like, yo, yo, what are you doing, people? What are you doing? And then when it comes to May, yeah, we're not getting free back-to-back events, right? The 7th, the 21st, then the 11th of June. So, um yeah, well, fuck it. That's Bellator for you, people. That's belittle for you. Well, the LFA card, we had, um, you know, three decisions. And they weren't boring fights by any means, people. I mean, the Chris Brown v. Kelvin Rayford fight, that was... Ah, it was an interesting fight, right? A real interesting fight. Chris Brown has such a weird style, right? Such a weird, unorthodox attack. He's, oftentimes, he's looking like he's off balance, the way he's throwing. Because he'll throw a jab and then a kick off the same leg, you know what I mean? You know, so it it will definitely throw the person he's fighting against and there's no power you know what I mean like, don't get me wrong right i I'm sure you don't want to get hit by any of those shots but he's not loading up right he's not loading up sitting down on anything so everything is just fast straight at you he was really utilizing the um Oblique kicks, you know, coming down on uh, the knee of Rayford, you know, just like every time those sort of kicks hit, you kind of just, oosh, you know what I mean, it just feels like, oh man, that's gonna, that's gonna be fuckeries the next day, you know what I mean, but it was just this weird style, that prevented Rayford to get into his own game He just didn't know where to start Brown was moving all the time He's with these unorthodox attacks It gave Rayford just nothing to work with And you could see that Oh man, he was confused He was, um, you know, frustrated Right, he, he wanted to get he wanted to get his own attack working, but he, he just couldn't. Just couldn't because of the way Brown approached the game. And it was a very smart, you know, a very smart plan from Brown. You know, he, he fought a perfect fight. You know, he definitely did Now, you do wonder if Brown had sat down on some of those shots Especially in the third round If he could have, um, you know, got a finish Right? He did land a takedown in the second round So he was really just putting it together extremely well And, um, oh man, Rayford just wasn't his day definitely wasn't his day, I think when they were planning, um, you know, taking the fight, they just weren't expecting to go up against, you know, someone with such an awkward style, yeah, Rafa just couldn't get going, couldn't get going, Uh, and, you know, the next fight, Right, so that was a world to wait The next, we move up to middleweight. And it was Julian LeBlanc against Joel Bowman. And listen, I have to say, right, because Bowman, he, he, he raps too. And if I was LeBlanc, I would have come out with, um, you know what I mean? I would have recorded some diss-check. Just gone in him, really just got it bubbling from the giddy up Doesn't even have to be good, right? Doesn't even have to be good. But this fight, man, this was another very good high level encounter. So um, you know, LeBanc, he he came out, he was throwing his own oblique kicks, he's throwing body kicks, you know, but Bowman Oh, Bowman is such a crazy style. He, he came headhunting, really firing out, quick shots at the head, gets the clinch, and then driving his knee into the midsection of LeBlanc, right? LeBlanc was using his front kick very well, but... Yeah, Bowman. He he had very good leg kicks, very fast kicks. But there was no quarter left. They were going at it. They were there to fight people. They were definitely there to fight. No messing around here. All right, LeBlanc. He's using his jab well, um, and he he put his hands together. He only landed a good one too, and. That allowed him to get inside and get a takedown, right? He took Bowman's back, but Bowman was able to reverse, end up on top, ended the first round landing some ground and pound. Second round, they were exchanging kicks, and Bowman landed a, a really nice, I think you call it a lateral drop takedown. Oh, very good. And he just controlled from the top. gets into side control. Landing knees to the body. Elbows to the head. Yo. It, it was not a position LeBlanc wanted to be in. You know. And when he did eventually get up. Bowman took him down again. Which, you know what I mean. It, it definitely has to suck. In the third round man, LeBlanc, he came out very aggressive, right, came out aggressive, he's looking for the takedown, you know, but, um, Bowman, he was able to land as LeBlanc was coming forward, right, which, uh, meant Bowman gets the takedown, and again, able to control, so, not the debut LeBlanc was looking for, but, a very good win for Joel Bowman I think there's definitely a lot of takeaways LeBron bunk can have from the fight you know i I wouldn't say he was outskilled but you know I, I I think it's just working on getting inside the the takedown prevention and everything and um yeah you know Bowman he did a good job he did a good job I mean I I would definitely work on those submissions because you see when he went for a submission he he gave LeBlanc way too much space allowing LeBlanc to get up so if he can work on that aspect of his game oh that's a fret people that's a fret and um yeah I mean our last decision was the main event, and this, it was only three rounds, I was expecting five, but hey-ho, you can't always get what you want, right, oh, this was a fun fight, this was a fight that, oh, both were in it, right, both were in it, it was back and forth, and I, I think, you know, it it all went down to the third, all went down to the third round, but the first round, Phillips, oh my gosh, he was putting his hands together so well, right, landing the jab, coming with the right behind it, just, ugh, thunderous shots, you know, going to the body, which made so much sense with uh, Mackenzie being the taller of the fighters, right, He's using his kicks well. Now McKenzie, you see, it took him a little while to warm up, right? In the first round, he's there was a lot of looking for the shots, right? But he he was kind of sitting back a little bit too much, you know. Did land some good shots though. Second round, second round, McKenzie came forward a lot more, throwing a lot more landing some very good shots. He was going for the takedown, but Phillips was just stuffing it. Every single attempt, Phillips was, yeah, doing a very good job of stuffing those takedowns. But the beginning of the second round, McKenzie definitely, definitely controlled. As the round went on, I think Phillips was getting into it more, landing a lot more. You know, really using that jab, countering very well. So it was, you know, you could definitely see how the second round could be given to Mackenzie, but you just thought, right, hey, this is so close, right? It's whoever puts out the stronger third round, and yeah, that that was Mackenzie. He. You know, he was still relentless with those takedown attempts And he finally started to land them Finally started to land takedowns He wasn't necessarily holding Phillips long But he he was getting him down And getting off a few shots And it's just the notion of getting someone down, right? Being able to exert that pressure Wear them out And you could see Phillips getting tired Now, he was still in it He was still throwing Right, still ripping to the body And, you know, head, body, head Ah, very good combinations Phillips was putting together But the third round was definitely Mackenzie's, Which ultimately sealed him the fight And... It may very well give him a shot at the, uh, you know, the the champion, right? Because you know that is what he's looking for, a uh, a championship fight in his um yeah the next time out, right? And um, yeah, you you think that could be the performance to do it, right? Say, so, uh, yeah, I mean, you never know with these things, but um, it was a performance that I would say could get Mackenzie what he wants, but it was a fun fight to end the night on, and um, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens next, people. Now, there were finishes on the night, you know, um, four right, four TKOs, and, sorry, two TKOs, and two submissions, and it started off with a slam that, whoa, would have reverberated through the arena, okay, so it was a middleweight clash between Obwani Ikabuna, and he was fighting Roland Dunlap. And this fight, man, people, it started out. Yo, Dunlop, he was attacking the legs, attacking the legs, but Ikbambooma, he, you know, landed a big right. You know, so they were, man, they were going at it. You know, Dunlop, he was um, looking for a takedown. Ikambuna, he's stuffing it. Right, burst forward, landing some good shots Hit a jump knee But Dunlop gets a clinch You know, uh, Ikvan Boona, you know, breaks away, lands a right But Dunlop shoots in Shoots in And just hoists Ikvan in the air And slams him down On his head Oh my god The way he landed Now It wasn't the It wasn't the worst slam Because he didn't come down On the neck Right I'd say he probably hit with the top of his back So we've definitely seen worse But This slam As soon as Ikbuna Hit He was out Man, he was out. And the ref uh the ref was very you know on the ball, he jumped in straight away and stopped the fight. Huge, huge win for um Roland Dunlap, and he stays unbeaten, stays unbeaten with the win. So after that, you're just like, oh fuck, what what are we gonna do now? right, and we went to the heavyweights, went to the heavyweights, we had Odell Pantin against Thomas Pettersson, right, and um, Pantin, he, he came out throwing a lot of feints, right, a lot of feints, then blitzed forward, throwing a kick, one, two, but, you know, Pettersson, you know, he he changed levels well, hit a takedown, right, which was, ah, uh, very well timed, right? So um Pantin, you know, he, he's um throwing a lot from the bottom, right? Very active from the bottom with shots. Now you may think a hey, probably gonna do better if he's trying to actually get up, but he's throwing a lot of shots from the bottom. Um Patterson. He's, you know, sticking with the top, right? He's not getting flustered, not being flustered by what Patton is uh, doing. And he's staying on top and he's dropping his own shit down, right? Patton, he's trying to bring up the legs for a triangle. Patterson, he's very savvy to that. He avoids it, gets into side control, and he starts to drop. Elbows starts to drop elbows, which are just wee, nasty as hell. Nasty as hell, right? Attempts a key lock, can't get it, so he's back to dropping elbows. Pattern, he gives up his back, and you know, Patterson, he's like, Thank you. And just unloads Unloads with ground and pound Just those shuffle shots You know, just rocking Rocking Patton's head And the ref has to jump in and save him oh, You know, it wasn't a long fight But, oh, nasty Nasty, nasty, nasty people So yeah, a lot of fun so, um, we then, hey, the next fight is a catchway, and it is, you know, um, so I think they both usually fight at featherweight, but it's full 150. You have Timothy Teres against Javier Garcia. Oh my gosh, this fight was insane, right? So, on the night right, we had two fights that were, man, they were just comebacks, right, he was going up against a fighter, and he just turns it around out of nowhere, so this is the first of these, because, you know, Tevez, he really took the fight to Garcia, he was making his promotional debut, and man, he, he, he looked sharp. Tevez looked sharp. Really putting things together very well. Very well. You know, landing a heavy left. You know, putting up one-two. Using his range. Using his range well. You know. They, uh, you know, they were jockeying for takedowns. But Tevez, he ends up on top landing a lot of hammer fists right, but he doesn't want to mess around on the ground, which is smart, so backs up, backs up, and he's just continuing, continuing to, um you know, do his thing on the feet, right, now Garcia, hey, he's not just sitting around doing nothing, he's landing, but Tevez is just utilizing that speed, you know, when Garcia shoots in. He's hitting the uppercut, man. It is. It's just, you know, well thought out, well put together. You know, you definitely have to give it to, um, you know, Tevez for, for the displays doing. You know, especially, hey, on your promotional debut, right. So, I mean. Everything is looking like it's Tevez. He's really just working very well. It's a high-paced fight, right? High-paced fight. And, man, Tevez wins the second round. So we're into the third. And Tevez is still hes still keeping the pace. He's still moving forward. He's still working, right? Still working. Lang's a big combo as um Garcia is trying to counter him. Right? Now about halfway through Garcia eventually gets a takedown. Gets a takedown and yeah, he, he he's trying to um He's trying to work, right? Trying to work, but Tevez is doing a good job of avoiding and, um, yeah, keeping safe. Avoiding and keeping safe. And you're wondering, right, should Tevez just stand up, right? Because he's down too. Should he stand, right? But he, he keeps, keeps trying to do work from the top, right? In a scramble, in a scramble, Garcia, he throws the legs up and grabs a triangle. And, oh, man, grabs a triangle, repositions himself. He tightens it up, tightens it up. There are about 11 seconds left in the fight. And Tevez has to tap. Oh, you felt so bad for Tevez, right? It's great for Garcia, you know what I mean? Gets gets to come from behind, win. But you could see how much work Tevez had put into that fight. Oh, my God. It wasn't as bad as uh, Anderson seal for Chell Sodden. But, oh, man, it was close. It was close. And the problem is, right... He he should have known the triangle was coming. All he had to do is change his posture, but he stayed too long, too long, allowing Garcia to throw on the submission and get the crazy come from behind win. Oh, man. It was a big one, but Tevez, he's not the only one in that boat Because in the co-main event, something similar happened Alright, so we had Yuma Horikuchi against Donovan Freelo. And Frilo took the fight on, I think it's two days notice Which is insane, it's insane, right? But he did, and he was looking so good He was looking extremely good, you know, outworking Horiahuchi. You know, really just putting things together and um, showing that, hey, you know, he doesn't need all that time, right? Doesn't need all that time because he's still able to do the job. You know, he, he was landing some great work coming forward, great work coming forward, getting takedowns, you know, getting takedowns, and controlling that first round, in the second round, hoguchi comes forward, right, lands big left, but free low again, blitzes forward, landing big shots, now, they clinch up on the fence and Horiguchi gets a point deducted for holding. Point deducted for holding, which really seemed to light a fuse in Horiguchi. You know, his uh, Freelo, he 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 comes forward, he lands, puts Horiguchi down, follows him, and ah. Uh, A bit like Tevez. Stays in the guard a little too long. So allowing Horaguchi to get those legs up. Get the legs up and grab an arm bar. And there was nothing for Freelo to do. Had Had to tap. Had to tap. And yeah, two. Oh man, two come from behind wins. Two wins where you just feel bad. Feels so bad for, um you know, Freelo and Tevez, right, especially Freelo, two days notice, right, took it, cut all the weight, looked very good, and gets caught, gets caught in an arm bar, but, hey, exciting as hell, exciting as hell, you know, this was a fun night, fun night of fights, you know, even the decisions were fun, so, uh, yeah, a good way to end Friday, people, good way to end Friday, there were three fights, which, you know, were decision wins, but they were very close, and I kind of feel that the loser in all three, they don't lose a lot, right, they they offered some very good moments in the fight, and um, things were close, right? So, second fight on the card, we had Austin Hubbard against Dakota Bush, who was making his debut on, uh, I think, five days' notice, Alright, So, yeah, I, I think that really played into the fight, because in the first round, Bush comes out, oh man, he comes out like a hellcat, really, you know, pressuring Hubbard, throwing a lot, really mixing things up, you know, he um, landed some good knees, landed some good shots, some counters, really pushing the pace, Hubbard, you know, he, Hubbard was able to maintain. And I think that was the key for Hubbard in this fight He maintained He kept to a certain pace Right Kept to a certain output Didn't lose control at any moment You know He he kept steady Right Kept steady He was the tortoise Right He was the tortoise against their hair In this one You know Ended the first round with a takedown you know, and i think that was that was big because then in the second round you could definitely see that bush had slowed down he was pushing for a takedown which i mean is smart because you're not in space right so you're stopping yourself taking a lot of damage but you could see that him trying to get a takedown was definitely draining definitely draining, and it allowed Hubbard to kind of just pick him off a bit, right, pick him off a bit, now Hubbard himself, he, um, he gets on top of Bush, because there was a point when there wasn't a takedown, but Bush kind of just drops to the floor, Right? It it was odd. It, it wasn't dropped from a shot or anything like that. I know, it was a is a weird kind of moment where Bush just he wasn't pulling guard, but he just kind of was like, eh, fuck it, I'm gonna sit down here. Right? So Hubbard gets on top and he's he's doing a lot. Now Bush was throwing a lot from the bottom, but again, it's expending energy, right? And you should really be using that energy to stand. Because it's hardly ever going to be a case where you win on the bottom. You know what I mean? So he doesn't. And then in the third, now, Bush, you got to give him credit because he kept on coming forward. But with the fact him slowing down now, You know, Hubbard, it was easier for him to land. Easier for him to land and to, you know, control the fight, right? Now, what we saw from Bush in that first round, it was, you know, what we'd seen from him in LFA, right? And in LFA, he's able to maintain that pace. So... I feel that Bush on a full camp, oh, we're going to see some great things from him, you know? But, yeah, in this fight, I think he came in with the thought, all right, let me try and get it done in the first, you know? And because he wasn't able to do that, we we saw Hubbard just take control a little bit here. You know, our our next fight, first fight on the main card we add Alex Munez against Luis Peña. Another lightweight clash. And in this fight. Man. Luis Peña. You know. From the ultimate fighter. You could see. There's a lot of skill there. A lot of skill. And I think. You also see the frustration. Cormier had with him. When he was at AKA. Because Peña when he's focused, he can look sensational, you know, but then you see these moments where he doesn't really listen to the corner and he goes off plan, right? And every time that happens, he's giving the advantage to his opponent, right? Because when Pena was Focused, he's landing the jab well He's moving well He's using his range well But then, he'd lose focus Right, and he's not jabbing as much Right, he's rushing his shots Which is allowing the counters to come in You know, it's just these yeah, the these weird points in time where he he seems to do this weird stuff. Now, when he got taken down, he did have the ability to get back up. You know, so that was that was good. That served him well. And even though he did eat some shots, I wouldn't say he was hurt. You know, which again, that serves him well, right? And just when things were looking like, ooh, is, is he messing up? He's able to rein it back in and get back on point. And, I, I you know, even though this fight ended in a split decision, I felt that Peña won the fight. I think it was clear Peña won the fight. He made it a lot harder than it needed to be. You know, I, I think that was a big thing Definitely made it a lot harder than it need to be But I think that if Pena can just keep focus more Yeah, he's a threat you know, he's, a, he, he's definitely a threat I don't know if he's ever going to win a title But he can get into pop, maybe the top 10 right, definitely the top 15, right, he can definitely move up the rankings and put on some very good fights, but he needs to be able to stay focused, right, needs to be able to stay focused and continuously lose the jab, right, keep, think use his range, use it, because he's a tall motherfucker, right, so he, he needs to use this and just not get sloppy, you know, I think they're the big keys for Penner moving forward, but you know it was a, a it was a, a well earned win here. Now, a fight that was really interesting was the Tracy Kitsch, Tracy Cortez, Justin Kish. You know, he's got those names mixed up a little bit right there. Um. Yeah, this was a it was a fun fight. You know, interestingly, both I think formerly were straw weights. I mean, they both fought at straw weight, right? I believe. Um, hmm. Maybe not. Maybe it was just Kish has fought at straw weight. I don't know, but this was a it was a good fight, right? And Cortez, you know, she's very focused. Very focused in there When she got the fight to the ground She just controlled it right? I think we saw that And Kish When she's focused She had a far better fight But I think a big problem for her Is she's lunging in a lot Right Lunging in a lot And that put her off balance A lot And opened her up to shots You know, so When she wasn't doing that When she's not lunging When she was just utilising the jab And working behind it She was doing very well You know So I, I think that There's a lot that she can take away from that fight For sure Cortez though Hey, she was able to get inside You know, work against someone With the longer reach and do good work She was getting off very good counters And when she took the fight to the ground Yeah, she dominated Always the forward pressure No steps back You know, definitely a good showing from Cortez yeah, There's some improvement she needs to make But, you know, for someone with only 10 fights She's progressing nicely Yeah, know, so, um yeah, three interesting fights, but as I said, look, the losers, you know, they offered up a lot, right? So I don't feel that they lose a lot in the loss. But the victors, very good performances still. Three of the most standout performances on the night had to be from, um, I, w- I would definitely say Jessica Penne. You know Jacob Malkon and Andre orlosky right? So Jessica Pene, she fought a Lapita Gudinez. You know we, Pene hasn't fought in so long. You know there was injuries. There was you know mix-ups with Yasada, but it kept her out for a long ass time, which you know, definitely a shame for the quality of fighter Penny is, so the fact that, you know, Goudinez, she hasn't had many fights, right, only five fights coming into this, it still put her in a very good position, because she's been active, and she's put on real, solid, tough performances, right, so coming in, this was an interesting one, and you know, you could definitely see that Goudinez had the power. She had the power, but didn't have the output, right? She's moving forward, all of that, but Penny was the one that was just landing the most, you know, throwing the, the most shots. Goudinez, I think she was looking for the perfect shot, Trying to land that big shot. But it allowed Penny to work. Allowed Penny to work. And, you know, she's looking for the back. Looking to, you know, get takedowns. Looking to do a lot. But always moving. Always pushing forward. Always putting out the jab. You know, there was moments she was in trouble for sure. But... She wanted that win She outworked Gudenez. And, you know, that was a fight that Although I'd picked Gudenez to win I was pleased Pené got the win You know, because Yeah, it just was all the struggle she has faced You know, it was nice to see her get that You know, and, um Yeah, and just kick off the rust. Because I think there's definitely rust in that fight, right? But she's just been out for, like, what, four years? You know what I mean? Which is crazy. Definitely crazy. But, yeah, I I, I think we're going to see her put on some good performances. Now, I don't think she's going to get back to title contention. But she's definitely solid, definitely solid, and she's never gonna make it easy for anyone. It was a weird one that it ended in a split. I think Penny did enough to take her twenty nine twenty eight. You know across the board, but it is what it is, and um, yeah, ends up with Penny getting the win. So it was it was a good job. Now. I think when you, when you get to that Jacob Malcolm Malcon fight, Abdul Razak Al Hazan, you know, Al Hazan he's got the power, right? So you're just thinking, oh, I think Judo Thunder's gonna get this one. I think he's gonna get this one. He fights out of fortis, right? Fights out of fortis, so you feel. Oh, he's gonna be solid He's gonna be solid But So easy to take down Right It was so easy for Malcon to take him down And that just nullified Nullified all the power Al-Hazan had You know, you could just see At the end of that first round Al-Hazan was so tired so tired Now props to the fact he's stuck in there He's stuck in there for sure But You know Going forward The power just wasn't really there Because he was tired So even though he might land He he just didn't have the power to finish the fight And there was just always that fear of getting taken down Which you could see It made him hesitate a lot Made him hesitate and then The takedown would come So it was its Definitely a solid Just well thought out performance From Kong. You know It was just perfectly executed He really did his thing Got it to the ground Landed ground and pound He only controlled it and you did, after seeing that, you did think, okay, Robert Whitaker, interesting. Right, because balcott is Whitaker's training partner. So, yeah, you're just like, oh, they've been working wrestling a lot. Interesting to see people. Interesting to see. And then there was Andrei Olosky. You know, Andrei Olosky, who's, you know... 50 fights, 50 goddamn fights, right, and he steps in on late notice to fight Chase Sherman, who oh, looked very good in his return to the UFC, right, he's got the power, so it, it's not a fight that you can take lightly, but orlosky just, the adjustments he has made in his career, had been phenomenal, right, because they've taken him from a fighter that was getting knocked out a lot to someone who's, you know, in there with these young motherfuckers putting on very good performances, and he utilized just a sharp movement, quick sharp movement, fast hands, Real fast hands And he Outworked Sherman Outworked him Tired him out And just Kept on coming Which uh yeah, Super impressive Super impressive I don't know if anyone Thought that you were going to see That sort of performance Out of uh, Olosky. But yeah, he, he did a, a sensational job He really did, people And it was it was nice to see I don't think Koloski's gonna be, you know, fighting for the belt Unless he steps in on short notice or something like that But it's good to see him fighting like this You know, tr- avoiding that damage Right? Utilizing his tools, so yeah, hats off to Oloski right here. So, we did have two finishes, two finishes, right? One TKO, one submission, and it all started with the Tony Gravelly Anthony Burshop fight, which was the first fight of the night. So, two bantam weights, and um, you know. Two very well matched fighters Starts off And Burchuk He's showing some very good movement Right? Real good movement Darting in Landing Getting out All of that But I think the big thing was The power from Gravely He was hitting some really good counters And in that first round He landed a big right that hurt Burcek. Yeah, and I, I think that changed the fight, right? That definitely changed the fight. It showed Gravely that he could do damage. And I think it made Burcek think, made him think about his approach, which I think it hindered him you know, definitely hindered him, so, you know, Gravely was able to get the takedown, you know, so he he, he put some pressure on Burchak, you know, Burchak did get his own, right, and he hit a guillotine that was tight, was tight, and I kind of figured if Burchak was winning this fight, it was going to be with the jiu-jitsu, but, You know, Gravely was able to escape and then that was the only real time that Birchik was able to utilize his ground game to great effect. You know, and uh, yeah, Gravely, man, he ends the round with some really good ground and pound and some, you know, a huge shot on the buzzer. In that second round, yeah, Gravely is pushing forward pushing forward, and although Birch had, he lands some shots, lands a nice elbow, like, nothing has the power to really stop Gravely in his tracks, you know, so it's he, allowing Gravely to, you know, hit those takedowns, do some work, right, and it was Gravely's counters that were really paying off big in this fight, Right? And it all ended with Burchak throwing a kick, but Gravely just countering it so fast. Hit a left, put Burchak down, and Gravely just followed up with ground and pound, which left the ref with nothing else to do but stop the fight. You know? Real good, good performance. From uh, Gravely You're definitely going to Yeah put the division on notice Right Definitely uh, definitely solid And I'd like to see who he fights next I think that's going to be an Interesting one Right So our next stoppage people Was a submission In the middleweight clash Between Bartosz Fabinski and Gerald Murshott, there was a lot riding on this fight, right, I kind of felt that, uh, you know, Murshott, if he lost, that could be it for him, you know, that might be his contract gone, you know, and um, Fabinski, he was coming off a loss, so he definitely wanted to... um, you know, get a win, and, and start a run in the division, you know, so it was, there was a lot riding on it, and I think what you saw with Fabinsky rushing a lot, he was rushing, where Morshott was very, he was more composed, he was more composed, and they both landed some good shots, but in Fabinsky rushing... He goes for a takedown. And just, look, we know Mershot is good on the ground. We know he's got submissions. And Bavinsky just leaves his neck there. Leaves his neck there. I think he he had the thought that, you know, I've got decent jiu-jitsu. I can, you know, fight off whatever Mershot throws at me. And so, um, yeah, when Mershot wraps up that guillotine... Favinsky doesn't fight it straight away and when you know the he he tries, he tries to stick in there. but not yeah, there's nothing you could do when it's locked up like it was. And you know one minute he's saying, hey, I'm fine. the next he's just limp. He's limp. And Mershon gets a very solid win Very solid win, you know So good, yeah, good shot for Mershon And um, probably saved his job with that one And then, people, we had the main event, right? The main event with big connotations for the title Because, you know, just the other week we had Marvin Vittori, he beat Kevin Holland, beat him, but, you know what I mean, I think even though it was a solid performance, definitely a solid performance and you can't, can't really knock it because it was a dangerous fight to take, you know, so all props for Vittori for that, but he didn't really do a lot of damage right, a bit like Brunson, didn't really do a lot of damage, now, he did do damage, right, because he did nearly shut Holland's eye, but that was just in one kind of sequence, right, that was in one round, but after that, wasn't really a lot done, didn't really look to finish the fight, right, now, obviously, not all fights are gonna get finished, you know, but, I think a lot of times we do see people trying to finish a fight. And I think it's fair to say Vittori didn't, right? So you kind of figured a good performance definitely from um, Whitaker, could get him the title shot, right? And we got a pretty dominant performance from Whitaker here, right? He... Man, he showed some tremendous move tremendous movement, and there were no tells, right, there were no tells, Gastelum, oh man, Gastelum, he definitely tried, definitely tried, but you could see what he was doing, oh, he was rushing forward, he was throwing heavy, powerful shots, but he was putting Everything into these shots, so you could see. Oh, yeah, he's loading up with that hand, he's trying with that hand. Where Whitaker, he was just man, so slick, so slick with everything he did, you know, and the one two head kick combination, which he loves to throw. Hey, it nearly worked, right. Definitely stun Gastelin and that was another big thing. Whitaker hurt Gastelin at least twice in the fight. There was no point where Gastelin had Whitaker hurt. You know? Whitaker, he he was getting backed up, but he was avoiding so much. Avoiding so much and getting to the fence. And then, you know, a sidestep here, a movement, he gets out of trouble, right? Circles away and engages again. You know, he, he really put on a very solid display. Attack the legs. Attack the legs well, you know, which, that negates the power, right? Take away the base, you negate the power. So he was doing that. Checking the kicks that were coming his way Which, again, you saw that hurt Gastelyn on a few times He threw a solid leg kick Whittaker blocked it Boom And, yeah, he, he, there was definitely a point where you thought Oh, if if Whittaker just, he really goes at it with the leg kicks He might stop Gasolin. Because Gasoline did look a little shaky at some points with the legs. So, man, all the way through, Whittaker was just working. He was solid. Never, never looked tired. Never looked tired. And his attack, the variety of shots he was throwing, push kicks, leg kicks, head kicks, body kicks, gearing up. It landed a lovely uppercut as Gastelum came in. There was just so much variety, and as I said, no tails, no tails to anything, right? Which was tremendous, tremendous, and we'd seen the improvements he made. He wasn't lunging in, wasn't lunging in, which got him hurt in the past against Adesanya. Now. Gasoline was lunging in a lot Was lunging in a lot And I think in the first round He got taken down And he stayed on the ground for a while Now when he got up He seemed to get up Kind of easily Right And other times he got taken down He got up Now you did kind of have the feeling that Whitaker wasn't really looking to hold him Because as soon as he tried to get up Whitaker was just like, eh, fuck it And just kind of let him But you just feel that If he had tried to get up sooner in the first round Maybe that would have been more beneficial for him And especially the gas tank But I, I think a huge thing I think Gasoline should take away is He was lunging way too much he didn't really offer a variety of shots, and here, here's a thing, right? I definitely think Gasoline worked hard for the fight, worked hard for the camp. You know he wants that shot at the title, wants to re-get that shot at the title, but I feel that, like, he likes to eat, right? Which is the reason he moved up to middleweight. And I think maybe if he moved back to welterweight, that's the that's the impetus to work harder, to do more, right? So there's either that, or I feel that he he needs to maybe go get some other looks in some other camps. Doesn't have to leave Kings, but. I I kind of feel that maybe some time with someone else Because there's things that he needs to work on He needs to perfect He needs a bit more variety in those attacks Because it got to a point where Wierke just knew He knew everything that was coming his way You know what I mean? He knew everything that was coming his way Which... Not the best Right, so I think Whitaker. I mean, Gastelin needs to get some different looks, he needs to work on a few things. Right, he, he needs to work on not telegraphing his shots, not putting all the power behind the shots. Because we haven't really seen an evolution in Gastlin. You know, he he's you know, moved up to middleweight and was doing some superb work. Superb work Got some great finishes Some great performances You know, earned himself a title shot You know Didn't get it because Whitaker was injured But put on a Superb fight against Adesanya And Hurt Adesanya More than anyone else has But ever since Then We've kind of seen Gastelyn plateau So yeah, I don't think it's he's done, right? Don't think he's done. But I do believe for him to get back to where he once was, he needs to get some different looks. And I think the only way he can do that is go train with a few different people, right? Go to, um, you know, bad motherfucker ranch, right? Go, maybe work with uh, people like Gary Tonan, Gordon Ryan. Gary, but get some different looks. And then I think we will see a, a, a new renewed gasoline Because think about it. And Kings is good because look at what happened with Henry Cejudo. Right? He adopted that karate style, completely revamped himself, and then went on that ridiculous one. You know, beat Demetrius Johnson in the rematch, won the belt, beat TJ.. Okay? So I think when you do that sort of thing, when you get those new looks, you you change the style, you add those new tools. It does wonders for you, and I think that's what gasoline needs to do. You know what I mean? But definitely makes it interesting, and I do feel with that performance, Whitaker gets the next shot. So it'll be interesting to see what's announced, right? What gets said? You know. So um, yeah, there is that. But people, hey, now, you know what I mean? Now it is all looks ahead to the next pay-per-view, the next pay-per-view, and crowds are back in the arena, right, crowds will be back in the arena, so yeah, big things people, big things, and cannot wait. Okay, people, so We've reached the end But let's uh, Before we dust, because I remember We didn't do it in the piece The um, bonuses For UFC Well, I think it goes Without saying, right Tony Gravely gets a performance of the night for his finish of Anthony Birchek Gerard Mercia also gets his One, two and fight of the night Robert Whitaker v. Kelvin Gastelum And yeah, I'm down with that You know what I mean? So uh, UFC 261 is fast approaching But one fight that won't be on the card Is um, Jamie Simmons against Johnny Munez Jr. Unfortunately Simmons has a rib injury So can't fight As of right now So let's see what happens Maybe they reschedule Maybe Munez gets a new opponent We will see So on the 8th of May Looks like Phil Hawes Will be fighting Carl Dukas Yes I'm down with that You know what I mean our both lost fights recently So it makes sense Right Then we jump to the 22nd of May And Claudia Silva Will be fighting Kurt McGee Let's see if McGee can bounce Back here So we then jump to UFC 263 Which is taking place on the 12th of June And Drew Dober will be fighting Brad Riddle so um, yeah That's all good Now I wonder if Brad had to go home Or if he's still in Vegas You know what I mean Whoa! Also on the card Fra- Matt Frivola Will be fighting Frank Camacho Which I'm all about Man we haven't seen Frank for a while So this is a good one uh, Then we jump to July the 17th and Cameron Else is fighting Aaron Phillips, and also Billy Quantantillo is gonna be fighting Herbert Burns. I maybe he's training with Luis J. Gomez, has set him up for that one. <laughs> hey, and then on the 31st of July, Chris Gutamacha is fighting Rafa Garcia. Boom Well that's it people We will be back on Wednesday To um, Yeah UFC 261 uh, LFA 105 And I think there's another Bellator I have to double check But we'll have shit to talk about people Trust me Oh One more thing people Let's Steve Jobs it up in here So the announcement came We knew it was coming But we didn't have details So the Ultimate Fighter 29 Is going to be coming at us people On June the 1st So it's ESPN Plus And I'm assuming We will be getting it on Fight Pass in the rest of the world. Yeah, which is awesome. So, Alexander Volkanovski and Brian Ortega will be coaching featherweights and middleweights. Mhm. You know, I was wondering if we were going to see the introduction of the atomweight division but I'm guessing that's gonna have to wait for another time. But I feel it's coming, people. I feel it's coming. So we're gonna see eight phantom weights and eight middleweights go at it. And um, yeah, this is fun. You know what I mean? So uh, they announced. That the uh, middleweights would be Well, include Aaron Phillips Andre Petroski Brian Battle Ryder Newman Treason Gore Miles Hunsinger Kerman Lachinov, And Gilbert Urbina, And that means the Bantam weights will be Daniel Argeta, Bradley Highstand, Dustin Lamprose, Vince Murdoch, Mitch Raposo, Joshua Rettenhouse. Ludovic Sholoman And uh, Ricky Tarosio. So yeah people I'm all about it Can't wait for the 1st of June And people that is us We will catch you on Wednesday I